0: So welcome back to another MLEX podcast. My name is James Paniki from MLEX's Asia Pacific team. It's great to be back in your feed this Friday. Now in all likelihood, lockdowns as a result of COVID-19 are going to remain part of the global landscape for some time now. And along with the social and economic upheaval caused by the coronavirus, comes a soaring level of fraud, with authorities and companies letting down their guard as they scramble to respond to the demands of this new environment. It's a perfect storm and it has exposed the high level of vulnerability of global banks in dealing with money laundering. This issue has come to the fore in Britain over recent weeks, with the Financial Conduct Authority, the UK's financial regulator, hitting German investment bank Commerce Bank with a fine of over US$47 million. US. That penalty had everything to do with the bank's missteps in fighting money laundering. The case obviously predates the COVID pandemic, but it may point to what lies ahead as money laundering cases linked to 2020 start to percolate through the system. Martin Coyle is an MLex senior correspondent covering anti-bribery and corruption. Fiona Maxwell is our senior correspondent who writes about financial services, and both join me now from London. Martin, let's start with you. Tell me something about what went wrong at Commerce Bank.
1: Well, James, thanks for that. Um, So we have a a situation where um, the the Commerce Bank is its London operation uh, was fined for what can only be described as a catalogue of. Failures uh, in its money laundering and financial crime department, um, uh, it's important to note there wasn't any evidence that um, any, any money laundering did take place, but it was more to do with its failure to um, have the right processes in place and its compliance procedures. Um, so it was hit with a £37.8 million penalty, which is quite a big penalty, uh, quite a big hit for the, um, by the Financial Conduct Authority. Uh, and this was for money laundering failures that went back to October 2012 um, and they would have been fined £54 million pounds had they not decided to settle the case earlier. Uh, and um, among the failures found by the FCA, they, um, they, did, they weren't doing enough checks on um, their risky clients uh, and essentially they didn't have enough people in their um, their team to pick up any potential problems from these clients,
0: and Martin, one of the aggravating factors here was the fact that the bank had been uh, uh, warned earlier and repeatedly about these shortcomings, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So um, that's that's one of the striking things about this th- th- this fine. Um, so they were warned on three separate occasions. Um, the first warning was 2012, then 2015, and then again in 2017. And it was only then that um well a commerce bank um, decided to to um, take take heed of these warnings and perhaps more importantly the FCA sort of swung into action to punishment and start enforcement proceedings
0: and uh Fiona just to end the discussion about the size of the fine is this abnormally large is this an unusual fine
2: um hi James not not necessarily it is in itself it's a large fine and I think it is the sort of sanction that the banks don't want to kind of have on against their reputation. Um, but it, the fines that the FCA usually give out um, tend to be for other kind of regulatory failings. Um, so a, a, fa- a fine for a failure in anti-money laundering, is pretty significant. I think it's, not just the size of the fine, but the the reputational risk there.
0: Now, Fiona, your analysis of this, which you wrote with our colleague Annie Robertson, uh, describes this fine as a taste of things to come. What did you mean by that?
2: So good question. So, uh we were we were basically making the point that um having good compliance against anti money laundering is very important for the regulators and um it, it should be a top priority for the banks. Um and as Martin said, Holmes Bank was given several warnings about this over almost a decade um and it seems as though the FCA just had enough and you know it wasn't getting the results it wanted from Commerce Bank and just, just took enforcement action. So it's possible that, you know, the FCA is in kind of an, an enforcement mode, but we think that's particularly the case because of the current pandemic. So uh, quite a few regulators have warned about the fact that COVID-19 has thrown up multiple issues of fraud and anti-money laundering. I, I think a uh, I think it was an OECD official described it as a, you know, it was a, a paradise for for money laundering or a paradise for fraud. So, you know, the, the pandemic has proved to be a, a bit of a hotbed for illegal financing. Um, so and although regulators have told banks they need to be aware of the issue, it is possible some compliance will slip through the cracks. So uh, I think this case really shows that the FCA isn't scared to act if it if it sees reason to do so.
0: But does that suggest, therefore, that uh, when any breach that might have occurred during the pandemic or during the months that we're in at the moment were to filter through the system, that there might be more uh, fines of this kind uh, a bit further down the track?
2: Yes, exactly. And I, I think this, this particular Commerzbank Bank case shows us that it's not that the wrongdoing happens and the sanction happens, you know, six months later, this was a case that went on for a long, long time. And the FCA obviously did give the bank time to clean up its acts. it didn't. And and that's when the that's when the fine came. So yes, if if there are multiple failures going on in these few months, it's possible in the next few years, we will start to see the results of you know, did banks not have the right kind of compliance procedures in place.
0: Martin, here in Asia, our reporters have been covering the case of uh, an Australian bank, Westpac, and its money laundering failures. Part of that discussion uh, has been about the effectiveness of the regulator in question in pursuing the matter. Is that a discussion which is also underway in the UK in terms of what the FCA has done and its effectiveness as an enforcer?
1: Well, I think so. Um, As Fiona mentioned, there haven't been that many... uh anti-money laundering um, fines in the last uh, few years in the UK. Um, I think we've only had about two or three uh, in the last three years or so. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a relatively decent fine or a big, big fine to impose on a bank, not not huge by other standards. But I think the issues that are raised here are the fact that, you know, the, the failings were first picked up um, by the FCA in 2012. And we're now you Know eight years later 2020, and we've only just had the fine. Um, and, and it, you know, the issue is Commerce Bank were warned three times, and they didn't appear to take heed of, of what was being said. Um, and, and as MLEX wrote in its um piece on this, it's it's understood that um, the size of the fine, although it was re- reduced at the end because they um Uh, decided to settle earlier. It it was higher because they um, had ignored these warnings. Mm.
0: Martin, there's also a sidebar issue, and that is that the UK's National Crime Agency has recently seized £6.4 million from Commerce Bank in London, suspecting links to organised crime. Does this uh, background or does this sidebar issue actually feed into the main issue at at any level?
1: Well, potentially, but it it seems in that instance that... um, Commerce Bank's systems were working, and they actually picked up the um, the problems with the money and and passed it on to the NCA. So, it, I mean, it all goes to, to the point that these banks are essentially can be conduits to to money laundering. It just depends on whether they have got the controls to um, to, to pick up the issues and pass them on to the authorities. And obviously, that that comes out with the reporting. And if there are rep- uh, problems in the in the reporting or the the systems that are used to pick up, that's when they get hit for the fu- with the fines.
0: Fiona, given that we're talking about the role of the FCA, what does it do to ensure that history doesn't repeat itself here?
2: Um, well, that's an interesting question. So um, when the FCA sanctions Commerce Bank, it didn't specifically say that it would be taking you know, further action or enforcement, but I think it is a top priority for the FCA. So anti-money laundering, terrorist financing, um, frauds, it's something that the FCA is really on top of and I, I don't think they they see these kind of situations and um, they don't they don't really take them lightly so um it, it may be that they'll they'll take more action in the future to kind of warn firms um about these situations or increase financial sanctions to kind of deter banks from taking a lax approach to compliance um with anti- money laundering. But it, it's also an interesting situation for the FCA. So partly because of the the pandemic and partly because they've actually uh, just announced a new chief executive. So it, it's it's possible that FCA will take a whole new approach to these kind of situations. Um, and very recently, the, uh, the chair of the FCA, so Charles Randall, gave a speech saying that he thought the FCA needed ambitious change. Um, So this could be one of the things they decide to focus on. And yeah, like I say, I do think it is a big priority for the regulator. So it's, I don't think it, you know, if this is something that becomes a theme, particularly during the pandemic, I don't think they'll just sit back and watch it happen.
0: We obviously dwell on the regulatory side of the matter, but I suppose from a uh, from the perspective of the companies involved and the big banks, the big lenders, having your name associated with something of this kind, whether it be money laundering or organised crime, has got to be damaging. Uh, Martin, I wonder if that is something that uh, banks uh, and large financial uh, services institutions are likely to take into account as they move forward and as they set their standards for uh, managing these kinds of risks.
1: Yeah, I think think you're right, James. I mean, these sort of multi-million pound fines now, I mean, they're they're, they're pretty commonplace. And, you know, these aren't going to affect the balance sheet of these these banks too much. But uh, as you say, it's the reputational risk. You don't want to be associated with this. You don't want your... Your uh, your name plastered all over the press on on the MLEX and other other places like that. That these are that's where the real punishment is, and also it's the um, aside from the fine, it's the um, the expense and the time and the management time of the, the cleanup clean up operation that needs to go into, you know, resolving these issues and hiring new people and putting in place new systems. And I think the one one sort of takeaway from this is if if the regulator does start warning you or, or pointing things out in in your systems or your controls and you need you need to act on it or you're going to end up with a with a big fine you're going to have to clean up your operations and you're, you're also going to have your name uh, plastered all over the newspapers.
2: Can I just add something to that I, I very much agree with what with what Martin just said um, I think uh, as he said the reputational risk here is is damaging um, and this would be a bad sanction at you know any time no bank wants to have to say oh we were we were sanctioned millions of pounds by the fca for our, our poor compliance with uh, with anti money laundering processes but i think it's particularly bad at the moment um you know we're in the middle of a pandemic this is the time where banks should be stepping forward and kind of you know being the heroes, lending money, providing a bridge, um, you know through this like through this quite damaging process. Um, so you know when a bank should be focusing on its focusing all its efforts on the the struggles posed by this pandemic, you know it's being hit with a large fine, which is probably quite distracting for it, um, and it's it's distracting for the market as well. You know that well, can they trust Commerce Bank? And and it's just it's it's generally like Martin said. It's not something that they will have wanted to happen, and particularly now I think it's it's a bad time.
0: Look, that's where we'll have to leave it for today. Martin, Fiona, thank you very much for your time. Uh, let's talk again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks, James. Martin Coyle is an MLEX senior correspondent covering anti-bribery and corruption. Fiona Maxwell is our senior correspondent writing about financial services, and they both joined me from London. And we'll post some links to their writing at the MLEX website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's MLEXMarketInsight.com. Just click on the Insight Center tab. I'm James Paniki, Asia Pacific Senior Editor here at MLEx. We'll be with you again next Friday for the very latest regulatory news from our team of reporters around the world. Thanks for your company. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now.